Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Claire Jung is my guest today. After almost five years in litigation practice, Clara found herself dissatisfied with practicing and considering her next steps. Initially, she looked into legal recruiting, but after not getting any traction there, she didn't give up, she just went back to the drawing board. She thought about what genuinely interested her, whether or not it had any legal connection. She realized that interior design was something she'd always enjoyed, but had dismissed it as an unrealistic career option. So she did a little research and then took a big leap of faith. There's definitely a transition period and owning your own business always has its challenges, but Clara has built a very successful design firm and has no regrets about her career path. Clara, welcome. Thanks for having me, Megan. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm really excited about the conversation today. Um, So I'd like to start with everyone by asking them, How did you initially decide to go to law school? Um, It's something I've wanted for a really long time. Um, I think for as long as I could remember, probably even as early as like um, elementary or middle school. And it just kind of became this thing that I always wanted to do. Um, So, you know, my uh, parents were um, immigrants and I just saw how... um, various lawyers in their lives had helped them out when they needed help and that kind of inspired me and so that was kind of like what drew me to um being an attorney yeah so did you always stay on that road did you take any time off between undergrad and law school yeah i i I definitely took time off but it was always in the pursuit of becoming an attorney so um i did the peace corps um, and then I also was a paralegal for about uh, two to three years between um, undergrad and law school. I'm always intrigued by people who uh, go from being a paralegal, which seems like a natural enough step to being a lawyer, but then also you sort of see how the sausage is made. <laughs> <laughs> so true, yeah. So, but that did not scare you off, apparently. <laughs> no, um, I was lucky enough uh, to work at two different firms. Um, I worked at a very small firm, and then I worked for a very large, a big law firm, technically. And mm-hmm. I had um, a great mentor in the partner I worked for. And um, I know I was actually even more motivated and inspired. But I do remember distinctly when I was telling him that I was leaving for law school and that he was helping me decide which law school to go uh, to. Go to. He, yeah, he gave me some warnings about the law <laughs> and I chose to ignore all of that advice and still go. So. Right. Like so many of us. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what was your law school experience like then? Um, it was actually pretty amazing. Um, I had 
a great time. I learned so much. You know, I couldn't, I can't say um, enough good things about my law school experience. And I know, even though I'm not practicing now, kind of a lot of the skills I learned in law school and um, in practice has um, it has helped me like become successful in what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So. Did you have an idea of what area you wanted to practice in when you came out of law school? Yeah, I was thinking I wanted to do um, corporate law. Um, so it's somewhat vague, but I kind of didn't want to do litigation after being a litigation paralegal. Um, but I I graduated in uh, 2009, kind of an ominous year for law yeah. students and the legal industry in general. And so I didn't have a lot of choices when I graduated. So I kind of fell into litigation, um, kind of the field I didn't want to go into and just kind of got stuck there because, you know, once you are in a field, it's really hard to extricate yourself or kind of relearn some of the legal skills you need to change to a different practice. Yeah, I definitely feel like that feels very true. It feels like once you're committed to a department, it feels almost impossible to switch the part it's almost easier to just switch firms <laughs> yeah and even then you know you have to start from like yeah. you might have to take a hit in terms of your level or your salary um and yeah and then and i definitely know of other friends and colleagues who have switched practices but they definitely have had made professional sacrifices and i feel like you just need a ton of motivation in a different way from like switching out of the law entirely. So, uh, right. Yeah. So did you get the sense when you were there that it was, you know, you obviously weren't super psyched with practicing litigation. Did it make you question, start to question being a lawyer altogether? How did that process happen for you? Yeah. I mean, um, didn't love it, uh, but, um, you know, I felt very lucky to have a job in, like, you know, 2009 to, you know, whenever the recession ended, and, um, you know, I was always reevaluating what I wanted. I think I worked at a small firm, and the personality fit wasn't great, and at a small mm -hmm. firm, there really is no place to hide, you know, it's kind of you are stuck with people you work with, and, you know, it's just kind of everything gets magnified. And so, it, I mean, I sometimes do think, you know, if I worked at a larger firm, which I had imagined when I was in law school, would it, would it have turned out differently? Would I still be practicing? Um, yeah. There are, like, parts of the law that I, I actually do miss, and people find that really funny. But I do miss, like, legal research and kind of the, um, you know, the analytical skills that you apply in the daily practice of the law. Um, but there are definitely parts that I don't miss, uh, kind of the um, office politics and the very extreme adversarial nature of litigation, which, you know, I, I don't think came naturally for me. So, yeah. 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 So how long were you at that firm for? Um, I was there for about three years. And prior to that firm, I actually worked for... Um, the Superior Court as a legal research attorney for about um, two years. Okay. Yeah. And so what were you thinking when thinking about making a change, if you weren't happy and it wasn't sort of a, a good fit personality wise, how did you think through what your next step would be? 
Yeah, so, you know, I started thinking about other options um, about a year and a half before I actually left. And I just thought, you know, life is too long to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm too young to do this for like another 40 years or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, I knew like on a day-to-day basis, like I was extremely unhappy. So what can I do with my legal degree? Um, initially, I thought, hey, you know, like recruiting or something like that, legally related, like I would be good at, I'd have the personality fit. Um, I actually tried really hard, but no one would hire me, hire me with my JD, <laughs> those positions. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they said I was overqualified, or, you know, I don't know what it was. Maybe there's this unsaid role of, like, not hiring lawyers for those positions, which I found to be extremely interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you was know. This, was this specifically for legal recruiting or general recruiting? No, just legal recruiting. So either oh. at a firm, like, helping run summer programs as, uh, like, a recruiting person or, you know, um, working, I don't know, as a legal headhunter or whatever, but, like, you know. Right. Uh, I was like, this yeah. is one job I should be qualified for, but they're like, no. Yeah, but I just like got turned down by various outlets, um, which I thought, you know, was somewhat depressing. And then I thought, okay, what else can I do? Um, and so I explored a couple of other options and really tried to distill like my passions and Interior design happened to be one of those passions. So that's kind of, yeah, how I ended up where I am. So so was interior design something you'd have always sort of been pulled towards or was it just something you kind of identified as you were thinking through what's my next step now? Uh, it's something I've always been pulled towards, like, you know, um, even in law school, like people would comment on how I decorated my apartment. You know, it's always something I had a fascination with and like kind of um an affinity towards but being Mm -hmm. extremely type a i like you know i was in law school like this was the path i was supposed to go like so i never even entered that entertain this career path as a serious thing um until i was kind of forced to examine like what i really wanted out of my life yeah so you know I would imagine you come to that with sort of no real understanding of how one gets into it and how the business works. So how did you jump from this very stable, not great, but no something you knew and were familiar with to something? How did you learn how to become an interior designer and make that jump? Okay, so I'm going to just say a disclaimer. Like, I can't say this will work for everyone, but I definitely didn't do a lot of the steps that many people do. Like I did an interview with a ton of interior designers asking them like their process or their transition. I didn't do a ton of research in terms of like, <laughs> like what it entails. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I am, my husband says I am, I can be very impulsive. So I, I, I did do some research on like, okay, what is my overhead? It's very low overhead if you can work out your own home, which I plan on doing. Um, I kind of figured out what is the average hourly rate for interior designers in the Bay Area, and figured out um, can I make a living off of this? Um, and then um, that's kind of pretty much it, honestly. Like, and then I figured out our financial situation, like what kind of sacrifices would we have to make 
to um, account for the loss of my salary. Um, but right. yeah, honestly, I think if if someone listening hears this and is kind of appalled by it, I think <laughs> the, the one thing I can say is, you know, the, the biggest, the most difficult thing is taking that leap of faith, you know, and I know I did that and maybe I could have done it in a better way, but, you know, I landed on my feet and I'm fine. So, um, yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's a very important (laughs) lesson because I think as lawyers, we are a very particular type of person, right? Risk averse. Like, and at some point there's a jump. You can prepare and prepare to a certain extent, right? Whether you prepare a lot or a little, but you're never going to feel like, oh, I've got everything lined up perfectly and know it all. And now is the, the you know, moment where there are zero risks. To totally. Pass. Yeah. And I yeah. just wanted to, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you may, this might not be the method you want to use, but I would say it worked for me. I, I definitely get a lot of emails from former attorneys say, or not from former, but current attorneys saying like, they have this huge email to me, like with all these bullet points and all these questions. And I'm just like, you know, I think you might be overthinking it. You know, you don't know if you'll be successful until you try it. And you can't try it until you actually do it. So, yeah. 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 I think that's incredibly good advice. Um, And something I think people sometimes need to hear over and over again, because it's so counter to all of our professional (laughs) training. Um, Exactly. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. So when you decided to, to leave, I mean, it also doesn't sound like you were like crazy impulsive. You thought through things you had done some work on whether you could make it work financially you know at least in concept um did you as you left were you thinking well I could maybe go back to the law if this doesn't work or did you sort of feel like that was a hard cut off no I definitely thought you know um I could definitely go back maybe in a year or two if this totally fails um because you know you can always explain a year or two absence from the law um so I figured, yeah, like there's always a safety net. So I, I didn't like discount it completely. And I also, like I told you before, right, there were there are parts of the law I actually still do miss. So I figured, like you know, maybe if I if I had to go back, the situation, my employment situation would change. I would be at a different firm or you know a different company, and maybe yeah, it would be a little bit more bearable. So yeah, yeah, and so. Other than the sort of, it sounds like there were just parts of practice you enjoyed and, and even still missed. Is there anything else that was hard to walk away from in terms of leaving the law? Like, um, were people like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me think. Were there parts that I, um, I think, you know, just owning my own firm, uh, it definitely has its pros and cons. I think the stability of picking up a paycheck every two weeks is something, you know, that can't be taken for granted. So, um, like, yeah. you know, that's definitely not enough for enticing me to go back into the practice at all. But it's just definitely something, you know, people don't really think about is the hustling you need to do as your own business owner, if that's the way you're going to go. Yeah. So that's like a, an additional pressure. Yeah. And it sounds like your husband was supportive. So you had sort of, 
you know, the person closest to you wasn't thinking you were crazy. No, uh, he's also an attorney, so he knows this uh, struggle well. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's funny because once he saw after I left how happy I was, he made a, a small jump himself from um, firm, uh, being at a firm to in-house, which was great for him. So um, yeah. he totally understood. And like, you know, when people come to me for advice, I said, I couldn't have done this without his support, his support emotionally and financially. Like, you know, it would be incredibly difficult to make this change with law school loans and everything else um, and not have that regular paycheck. Yeah. I mean, there are real, you know, challenges to making these jumps that I never right. want to gloss over with people. You know, it's, you know, people have different circumstances. And so, um, but I do think that people overestimate the ability to make the change and the ability to navigate the finances right. of it mm-hmm. at times. Um, so, so as you have moved into your own um, interior design firm, you'd said that you sort of brought with you some of the skills. What are the sort of skills and training from being a lawyer that you think serve you well in this um, position? Definitely project management, management skills. So like running a case is very much like running a renovation project. Um, attention to detail overall. I think, you know, um, all, you know, all clients appreciate, you know, like very, very, um, refined processes and just like attention to detail in terms of like renovation projects is is clutch. You know, um, people are spending a ton of money yeah. on renovating their homes. They're often extremely busy with high demanding jobs themselves. And I think most attorneys generally have um, a higher uh, attention to detail than the normal person out there. So like, um, I know in my, in the industry now, in the design industry, I know we kind of are very well known for being very detail oriented and t- on top of things and super responsive. So, yeah. So, um, do you find that your clients care if you're a lawyer plus or minus? Usually it's a plus and I frame it that way because I truly think it is. Um, I tell them, look, I don't know how other designers work. This is how we work. Um, you know, me and everyone on my team have had prior careers. So everyone, is, like for everyone, design is a second career. And I strongly believe that all the skills that we've learned in our prior career have all helped us become better designers. Um, and just generally speaking, I think people imagine interior design to be like so fun, like it's shopping, it's like picking out tile, and like the majority of our job is not like that. The majority of our job is a lot of it is project management, um, negotiating with contractors and subcontractors and vendors, and so yeah, yeah. I mean, I could totally see the overlap uh, of attention to detail mattering a lot in both in both right, arenas. Right. <laughs> Um, so what is it, you know, you now are your own boss. So it's a, you know, sort of a wild jump from a big law firm. What is it like sort of in terms of your work-life balance and general sort of satisfaction on a daily (laughs) basis? Um, uh, work-life balance is actually just as hard, if not harder. Um, I've actually tried to make a more concerted effort to like delegate more. Um, 
it's just, you know, when you like so strongly identify with like your firm, it's very hard to let go. And I think um, mm-hmm. this the design industry is also a service industry, very much like being a law firm or a lawyer. And so your clients need you to be responsive and they pay you a certain hourly rate to be very responsive and on top of things. So that really hasn't changed. Um, but I get to control yeah. my own schedule more. Um, which has been great. So, you know, I can be extremely productive like in the mornings and then like take the afternoon off to do other things if I need to. Um, so that flexibility is like, I never take that for granted. Um, yeah. yeah. So do you feel like, you know, you know, with this flexibility comes what you mentioned, not, uh, you know, bi-monthly check. How is it to live like that, not knowing exactly, sort of not having a regular mm-hmm. paycheck? And do you feel like sort of jump when you think about yourself, would you characterize yourself as risk averse or risk tolerant? Because that that seems like, you know, it wouldn't be for everyone, particularly <laughs> um, lawyerly types. Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um I am actually pretty risk adverse, but I do have moments of impulsiveness, like I told you earlier. Um, (laughs) I have had friends who have started their own businesses, not necessarily design, but something else, and have, um, to a degree, failed. And I realize it takes a certain... Mm -hmm. it takes a certain personality to own your own business because, like I said, a large portion of it is hustling. Like, you have to be wanting that business, Mm -hmm. like, you know, marketing yourself all the time, um you know, trying to please your clients, you know, and, and be okay with like the ups and downs. Um, so some months are better than others. And then being able to um, impose structure on your own life on a daily, weekly or monthly basis to make sure you're getting the things that need to be done, done because there's no one else pushing you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine that you have had challenges in this process, you know, that it wasn't all seamless. And, you know, I think maybe you could speak to that a little bit, just because I think people need to understand that just you can, you, you are successful. You've gone on and created your own firm and you're making a living at it, but it doesn't mean it's a, it's a straight line and a clean. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like the first year was, extremely challenging um it was so hard um you know so i just quit wasn't making any money didn't have any clients um i basically worked for free for a lot of my friends to build up my portfolio so i can put it on my website but you know it's the hardest part for someone like me is to have nothing to do like you know um so yeah it was i can't i can't emphasize enough like you have to be willing to kind of um, wait for the business to come to you, which is the hardest thing. Um, but I do am a big believer that if you produce good work and you build a good client base, that that work will come to you no matter what industry you're in. But yeah, the first year was pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's challenging and I just think it's, you know, I just like to point out that, you know, people don't magically wake up and have some, you know, have success, right? Like it requires taking the risk and then, you know, having the grit to see it through the totally. hard parts too, you know, that's how you come yeah, in on the other uh, end. Yeah, like I remember like um, one of my first projects was like 
because um, like a portion of my design business was organizing, which I have now phased out. But I was organizing this somebody's garage, so I was literally in like gloves, like dirty, working like nine, work nine hours to organize this garage, and it was like you know totally disgusting. I was like, wait a minute, like four months ago, I was in a suit and in court, like. <laughs> Am I doing something right. wrong here? You know, so and I'm get, getting paid like a little bit above minimum wage to do this. So that's like you know there are moments like that, and um, um so people don't yeah. really realize that. I think they come to me now five years later, and they're like, "Oh, you have this successful firm. How did you get here?" And I'm like, "This like it did not. I did not jump from the law firm to this firm. You know, like that's not how it happened." <laughs> Right, right. And that there are these sort of um, pride swallowing moments that you have along the way that, you know, I think being a lawyer is inherently carries some prestige. And, and almost anything you're going to move on to, I mean, you know, maybe there's some things that are such close, um, you know, analogies to practicing (laughs) law, this isn't true, but it certainly was it certainly was for me, and I didn't make as big of a jump as you did, but, you know, you just, okay, I make half as much as I did. Okay, I now have a whole bunch of roommates. You know, life decisions that you, um, you know, you you can survive. You know, you can suck it up for a little while. And, you know, the but the benefit of that is, you know, that you see. I can't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, I just think you, people see, like, our photo shoots and, like, you know, you know, all the pretty pictures of like rooms that we do. But even now, even though I have a team, like, you know, on some days, like I'm cleaning a bathroom, the toilet of a bathroom because we have a photo shoot and the cleaning crew didn't come. You know what I mean? It's just like you have to be willing to right. not take yourself so seriously and not believe that you're above any task. Um, and, I, and I think that's really yeah. true to be successful. Yeah, I think that's across the board. Yeah. I remember when I was interviewing for my current job at the law school, they you know, they said, Well, are you gonna be okay, you know, making your own copies <laughs> and that? You know, I know you're used to that. It's like Yes, yes, I am very comfortable with like if that's the biggest problem I have, it's no big deal. <laughs> but it was a concern because I think, you know, when people have been in practice for a while, there is sort of a um, yeah, there's an expectation of being at a certain level of professionalism, but, you know, part of, part of the process of potentially getting to something you love more is, is, uh, you know, being willing to, to earn your stripes again. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thinking back as you think about, you know, why you went to law school in the first place and how it's all played out. You know, would you give yourself different advice looking back, or do you just see this as sort of an inevitable uh, process for you? Yeah, I think very much the latter. I think, you know, I need to go through that journey to end up where I am. Um, You know, I think it was really hard for me because I wanted to be a lawyer for so long. Um, I actually didn't tell my parents I quit till like six months after the fact. Um, oh my god yes. <laughs> yeah because they were just so proud of me and like you know they brag about me to all their friends I mean luckily they can brag about my husband now but like, so it's just <laughs> he's still oh, I think talk about you too. <laughs> but you know for me it was just like I, yeah I wanted to be a lawyer for so long you know I just kind of is that I had reflections of like am I a failure 
like, you know, did I fail? Like, could I have, could I have stuck it out longer? And I, and I still have those thoughts sometimes, um, you know, whether they're valid or not, I still have them. So, um, but I do think I'm, I'm, I never regret going to law school. I never regret practicing. Um, I think all of those things have helped me to um, become a better designer and small business owner. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I do think it's also a mentality of how you look at it. You can look at it as a failure or you can look at it as a stepping stone. And it's, it seems to me vastly healthier to. But I think so many things are like that, that just shift your perspective a little bit. And, you know, something that, that might seem like a nev- negative can be a positive yeah no you're totally right and I think as lawyers we sort of you know we we issue spot we anticipate every disaster (laughs) it's like well maybe just look from the bright side (laughs) (laughs) keep it simple yeah yeah yeah. so do you have any resources or advice that you would give to someone a book or a podcast or any sort of tips to someone who's trying to think through what they might do in leaving legal practice? Um, I guess one thing that uh, people utilize me for is like, if you're thinking about like, for example, becoming an interior designer, maybe speak to someone who has made that transition. Um, It could Mm -hmm. be helpful or cannot. I mean, clearly I didn't do that, but I'm just saying like (laughs) other people have done it. Uh, Yeah. So that's like at least, it gives you, I think, a more, a more insight into just not the glossiness and of like whatever industry you're looking into, but also kind of just the hard work it takes and the sacrifices you have mm-hmm. to make. Um, and they might be able to direct you like to an internship maybe or other resources that would be helpful. Um, yeah. So I don't think research like any it didn't, doesn't hurt anyone. So for sure, I would recommend yeah. some research. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we're trained too, right? Like research should, should be something we're decent at. Right, right. But then I also don't think, like, don't do so much research that you're just stuck in this, like, dream of leaving something. You know, I think, like I said earlier on, the hardest part is, like, making that leap. So maybe sometimes you uh, have to prep a little bit, but maybe uh, get some courage and make that leap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what sort of, when you look to the future of your own career where you know where do you see yourself going um that's a hard question I don't know it's you know I thought oh once I'm in a in a career that I love you know it's going to be easy I'm kind of also at this like um point where I'm like do we grow do we not and stay safe and like work on the projects they've been working on so for me you know it's kind of still up in the air um things are going well um we're doing great work and I'm just kind of happy with uh, what we're doing now um, so yeah, being happy with where you are is an excellent. <laughs> you <approve. laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so listen, I you know you mentioned that you're in the Bay Area, but where could people find you if, for example, they needed some help uh, with a design project? Um, they can find me on my website. Um, it's at bannerdaysf.com or on Instagram, Banner Day SF. And feel free to um, DM me if you have 
any questions regarding design or if you are looking to transition from the law to interior design, then I'm happy to help where I can. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much, Claire. I really appreciate your taking the time out of a crazy schedule, no doubt, of running your own business to, to chat with me. Thanks, Megan. I've had a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.